0: doesn't make any sense hey hey
1: i'm back made a deposit at the bank Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) funny guy Uh you got a funny guy Uh all right let's do this thing welcome Behind the Curtain series on the web.com podcast. Last week we had the Pirate Crew and Dan on the show and I told you you weren't going to have to wait any longer after a couple weeks of teasing it because I have with me today the leader of the insulin pens himself, that is Papoose.
1: The second greatest man of all time.
0: (laughs) Who and who is the first?
1: Travis Kelsey.
0: Oh, we're we're really gonna start there, aren't we? We're really gonna start there, aren't we? (laughs) Wow. I'll shut it down right now before we even get started. Cheers. Well, if you couldn't hear already, this is also the first behind the curtain of season eight. In which we have an actual second podcast member on the, on the program. Caleb, you've decided to rejoin the show after your little championship tour.
2: Yeah. You know, we had to hit all the major networks, um, a lot of podcasts were hopping on all that sort of stuff, but you know, I've been following along with these behind the curtains and, um, hoping I can add to the production, maybe, you know, dig a little deeper, be a little harsher. So it's not just, you know, this happy, wow. we, we did it, we, you know, we tried wow. our best.
0: <laughs> you know, I try to, to try to work with these people, make them come back next year before the agents pull the plug on this fucking series,
2: man. I don't There's... give a damn.
0: Well, that's what that's what you're here for, I guess. You are the wild card. So, And I already have a very long list of questions, so this one might get off the rails, I think. <laughs> so... Hey.
1: And let it be known, I'm completely sober for this too. Thanks for first sober pod. First one. Forever. I
0: think. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's you're, getting, that's you're
1: getting full papoose.
0: This this is gonna be a different experience. Much different than the very first ever behind the curtain, which oh, Fraser brought up last week. And I was reminded of when you showed up here and were speaking <laughs> like uh, you were on an eighth grade level or something, because your brain was so fried from the marijuana plants.
1: I'm going to be articulate as fuck.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, let's jump into it then. Yeah, Mercurial. So (sighs) I I don't beat around. I don't keep people around to the end of the program for the hard-hitting questions. I'm coming straight for you on this one. Number one question. I want to hear from you. Take us through the playoff loss to Dirty Dave, and then walk us through what the last few months have been like for you.
1: the playoff loss hurt. I thought for sure I saw Dave lined up and it was just going to be, uh, all right, I'm in the championship. It's going to be great because I was on such a such an absolute tear at the end the year. And then if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Jalen Hurts was my only injury the entire year that actually affected my team. <laughs> and it happens right before the fucking playoffs. I figured Tom Brady could have put up a, his classic five points through three and a half quarters and put up two touchdowns in the last five minutes to bring it back. And I'm pretty sure he ended with, what, four points. And it, it was crushing after that, after the entire season and the, the streak to end the, the year. It, it hurt a lot. And uh, I'm probably it was about a month and a half, two months before I opened the app. And actually looked at my team. Like I had, I had forgotten some of the players on my team. That's how long I had <laughs> not looked at it because I was just disgusted by what occurred.
2: Yeah. After that result, did you, you know, look back and think if there's anything you could have changed? You know, maybe calling some people frauds or the do something memes. Do you think there's anything you nope. would have changed along the way?
1: The do something means have a very high success rate. I have no shame on that one. However. I am upset that I decided to shit talk Dave (laughs) right as the tide was turning because it, it just never seems to work when you start laying out the shit like that. And it's I think that negatively affected my mental ability for at least a few weeks.
0: Uh, directly correlated with when his comeback began. So maybe damn. that's a lesson for the rest of Webb <laughs> come playoff time to keep your damn mouth shut and let the game play out. If,
1: if I remember correctly, I was like, I was sitting on my couch, like, do I just fully embrace the heel roll and really just lean into it? I didn't want to.
0: You're a and natural I, fit for uh, it, though.
1: I know it. I'm like, I didn't want this to happen. And I remember, I think, I don't know if I was talking to Caleb or Frazier. He goes, just fucking do it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Do it. <laughs> and then it all blew up in my face.
0: Wow. So it all comes out. It was
2: Caleb no, all along. I didn't know. I, it was probably Frazier. Cause I was, I, me and Tim had called a truce cause he'd been saying some shit that had gotten my team in trouble. So I was just like, all right, playoffs, no jinxes, no nothing. And after the fraud thing came out and he started to lose and then he started to unravel and throw stuff at me, I was just like, all right, whatever. I funeral. know
1: someone Someone was the the push to get me off the ledge. And the at the time, I think the only people I was talking in fantasy football with were the group chat with Caleb and Frazier and then Mingo. And I just I don't remember who was the one that gave me the, the push. And it might, hell, it might not even been. Any of you three, I might just Maybe be, it was in your own head. <laughs> I, I might just be like trauma <laughs> shielding or something.
0: He's so schizophrenic. He's getting advice from the guy in the corner. Great
1: advice. Bench Bobby Wagner too.
0: Right, great choice. Great choice. Well, obviously, it's an, a very unfortunate end to the season. You walked us through there that it's been a few months of pain still to get to a point where you're getting mentally prepared for next year, but that doesn't take away what this team did in the regular season of 2022 and WebX. I mean, was there a point last year that you can remember that you realized what you had was, was special was record breaking potentially.
1: It was after, uh, Week 12, when I did the, I think it was, I tied the streak. And I'm like, this is kind of fucking nutty. Like, this could be crazy. I'm like, I want this to keep going. And week 12, week 13 is when I really believe, like, I have a chance to not only make the championship, but, like, I'm playing on a pace much better than Dan right now. And I thought I was going to walk right in. I was going to keep that streak rolling.
2: Yeah, it, it was crazy to see, obviously, you were one of the, on paper, one of the favorites to start the year, and obviously Dan started out hot, but then you sort of closed out the end of the year like we've never seen before. Um, I think Mingo asked the same question to Dan, but, like, how, you know, how much was that regular season title, that best team ever thing? How Was that playing in the back of your mind a lot?
1: Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> there was – I was all in on that one. I wanted that so bad because I just – like, I wanted to have that over Dan. I wanted to have a web championship over Dan. I wanted to have the greatest regular season team ever over Dan. And the fact that I was, what, .01 on a stat <laughs> correction? Like, go, go fucking figure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's It almost doesn't sound real when you say it out loud like that, but that is, in oh. fact, what happened. So, Dan came on here last week, and he said, in his own words, that he knows that this rivalry means something to you and it means something to him even though it you guys like to you know jab at each other there is a sort of undercurrent of respect and almost admiration maybe so i what about you what does this rivalry mean to you does it mean something or are you just pissed off at him all the time
1: uh yes and yes <laughs> obviously i want to i want to beat the guy like, God damn, I have, he has mopped the floor with me for even this year. Besides, like, I lost to him heads up. Like, I just, I can't win against him. I build this juggernaut of a team and I still, it just doesn't, doesn't work. So I very much do want to beat the crap out of him. However, there is that respect factor in it too. And I have the same thing at work right now. There's one of the guys who's been selling cars for a long, long time. He sells a shit ton of cars. You gotta shoot for the top if you want to be on the top. You can't. You can't shoot for second. You gotta shoot for first.
0: Now you don't have time to waste rivalries with Caleb. You gotta go straight for Dan.
1: Back well, Caleb's just an ant under my shoe.
2: Well, that's you know you're talking to the champ here. <laughs> yeah, and I know. That, yeah. That opens up another question about: Do you think going full send is the right way to go? I mean, you saw me just sort of stay pat go into the playoffs, make the wild card, and then run the table while you were out there trading all your assets to perfect your roster and lineup. Going into next season, seeing what happened in the playoffs there, are you still going to be that aggressive You know, at the deadline, making those moves, trying to perfect everything, or are you just going to sort of ride out with what you have at the time?
1: So I do, I do believe that you can do both of those things, and it's whatever you feel better doing now with WebX. I absolutely wanted to go full send, have the best team ever. I wanted to make sure that if something happened to my team after a trade deadline, I had somebody to fill in. I, I I was talking to you guys. I didn't want really want Aaron Jones on my team this year. But if something happened in week 14 where I lost a running back and I had to start Damian Pierce, I would have probably felt better starting Aaron Jones. So it was more so just getting it filled out so that I could have that awesome WebEx season versus just kind of seeing what'll what'll happen. Now going into this year I've kind of adapted the simmer down a little bit, don't go don't go so hog wild, kind of plan it out a little better approach.
0: So that leads to something I wanted to ask you about because not a lot of teams through this whole series, we might not talk to that many teams about big trades. Certainly the teams that we talked to already, the playoff teams, they weren't very active. A lot of these teams already kind of had what they had. Maybe they made some depth moves. You were on the opposite side of the spectrum. You were making big deals. You were making depth moves. You were making deals, like you just said, that you didn't even need. You didn't even need a guy like Aaron Jones, but you're just making these deals. You're trying to shore things up. So the first question I have for you, though, is the question that I have to ask you. And it's about the big trade. It's about the big one. The Travis Kelsey trade. Nobody else made a move like this except for you. So two things. Take us behind the curtain. He said it. Of the trade in real time, I'm sitting here. I'd like to hear what was going through your mind at that time. And now, how do you feel about it now?
1: So for, I I still feel very good about it. Like it's still fine for me. Tight end, such a shallow position that even a year or two left of Travis Kelsey being elite can make up is whatever to me for if Pitts becomes elite for 10 years, it's whatever. I got what I wanted out of him. When I was making that trade, and I believe you said it on one of the pods, you knew I was being patient with you, and that showed you how bad I wanted it, but I wasn't <laughs> pushing you. That is exactly what it was. I went full salesman. I'm like, Mingle's the kind of guy Like I just got to lay off him a little bit, and I got to walk him right into that web, and he's going to take it, but I can't make him do it. And what was it, like three or four days?
0: Yeah, like three and a half.
1: Now you can insert the soundbite from my last year behind the curtain where you offered, what was that, Bingo?
0: Uh, Lawrence, Kelsey, and a pick. to a second-round pick, maybe? I
1: believe it was God. 208. <laughs> and I told you to suck both my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I clearly made a mistake there, but hey.
0: I mean, it goes to show, I I think, how quickly both we realize that you know, Pitts was not going to do it again. I mean, this mm-hmm. wasn't going to be the year and also that Kelsey wasn't done yet. And so I think yeah. those two factors met head on. So, I mean, it was a great trade for you. It ended up, you know, propelling you into what you became, which was the favorite of the whole damn thing going into the playoffs.
1: And for the record, I still think it's a fine deal for you. Cause what were you going to do with Kelsey on your current roster? Yeah, you had to do something. I don't know how many people. Nobody was going to give you the picks because nobody was in the position to do anything.
0: I think it's one of the most rare sorts of trades you can find, which is a player for player swap that works out perfectly for both sides.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see that very often, especially at the same position, like right. player for player. <laughs> I can't think of one where it was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like
1: even even if Pitts just kind of. <laughs> I don't want to say just okay, but like, you know, he's not as great as, he's gonna be built, as it's built out. It's still fine. You had to, you had to roll the dice. Like I said, you weren't going to Kelsey on your roster was a face to you, but he wasn't going to do anything for you. You had you had to fix up.
0: <clears throat> Let me put it like this. The hardest part about the trade for me was Mr. Moneymaker. It wasn't Travis Kelsey. It was, I need to part ways with this guy. And I felt great about it for my team. And you're saying the same damn thing. So that's usually a pretty good sign for a trade.
1: He will retire a moneymaker. Don't worry. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will not let him retire an insulin pen.
2: <laughs> oh, man. I like that. Um, while on the topic of trades, I'm interested. I know I was looking at the data in the web spreadsheet. There's like a pipeline tracker, and it keeps track of how many trades people's have people have made. You've always been known as an active trader. But... According to this, since tracking since 2018, you are first in the league with 88 trades, which I don't think includes the two you just made. So it would put you at 90, which is 22 more than the next person. So (laughs) um, first of all, your philosophy with trading. And then also you've been kind of the guy to make impulse trades or like (laughs) I'm bored trades. Do you think those kinds of moves have been detrimental to your team?
1: Well, is there any that I can think of that truly hurt my team from being impulsive? Like recently, I know I've had some bad ones.
2: Well, what are your thoughts on the, the you know, the Dobbins deal? That sort of felt like an impulse one where you said, Dude, uh, I want to trade Dobbins.
1: That stiff legged run. I don't care. Give <laughs> me a running back that doesn't have bum ass knee. It's fine. I'm at peace with that deal. Okay. Um, as far as the amount of trades. I would say I'm probably at the top of the board for trades because I'm probably towards the bottom of the board for waiver wire. How many of those, and I, I don't know if I said it on one of the pods in, in the past, but I am completely fine paying thirds and fourths for these linebacker types on guys to rosters to just fill up my roster and have talent because waivers are waivers. I don't sometimes feel like digging through them. If somebody has like a, Zaire Franklin or Dre Greenlaw. Sure, let me have them. They're better than the guys on waivers. I'll pay a third. I have a shit ton of them.
2: Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I just thought of that when I was looking through stuff. It's like, you know, Tim doesn't really work the waivers, but he always ends up with the waiver guys. Like, I feel like you and Riley have made like 80 deals where he picks up a linebacker off waivers and you toss him a couple fourths and it pays off. And also kind of segueing from that, your defense, like you said, you've been trading for like these linebackers and stuff. Um, 2020, you were last in defense. Um, 2021, you were fifth in defense. And this year you were the number one scoring defense, which is the first time you've been top four in scoring defense since the league's inception in 2013. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, I mean, I guess that philosophy is working. And how is, you know, that sort of defensive shift where you've always been one of the worst defenses finally changed for the better.
1: I saw the the value in having a defense. that can give you a really great floor to let your offense kind of explode off of. Um, I don't have this. I mean, I do have the bare numbers in front of me. If you give me a second here, I feel like I had a fairly consistent defense where let's see, I scored less than 70 once all year. So I constantly had a good floor and I scored over a hundred a lot. So that, that let my offense kind of, do their thing and it just so happened that this year they did their thing quite a bit too but yeah that's all just wanted that solid base of scoring I didn't want it to fluctuate a ton I, I preferred if it was higher obviously but by having a bunch of those guys who rack up ta- like linebackers just get tackles be consistent your scores aren't going to jump all over the place they're kind of going to be in line do you lose a little bit on the explosive end with guys like Josie Jewell and uh Greenlaw and Zaire Franklin, sure, you do, but at least you know they're going to give you 10 points each.
0: Well, and the other side of that token is a guy like Dre Greenlaw, where he gets traded as this sort of waiver wire ad guy where he's going for a later pick, and then all of a sudden it kind of seems like maybe he's more than that. Maybe he's a piece to actually build around. So there's a very low-risk, high-reward type of,
1: mentality
0: with some of those trades.
1: I remember with him, I was just looking for, again, I didn't, I was looking cross waivers and I'm like these guys stink. And I was routinely using like the bottom six teams in the leave at league as a waiver waiver wire this year. And I'm like this green guy kind of put up some numbers. I haven't remember. I haven't really watched him play a ton, but like linebackers and tackles, whatever I'll throw a third or whatever it was for him. And then that week, the Niners were on, I think Thursday night football and by God, god that guy is everywhere (laughs) (laughs) he is so fast
0: the the talent the best talent evaluator in web papoose question mark
1: i think i'm just the best value finder sometimes i don't know i was kind of thinking about that
0: i mean you've you've done a hell of a job of that and that's one thing that i want to ask you about because it, a lot of people a very common you know notion going into this season was you kind of bought yourself a short window you pumped everything you had into webex and maybe you get another year out of it but when you sit down and look at this team it's a lot more than these older vets that you've traded for recently you have hit on draft picks later mm-hmm. draft picks that have become foundational pieces you have guys off the wire that are contributors on your team. This is not as you know old and dire of a situation as maybe some people believe that it is. So, what do you think your window is? What do you see it as?
1: I, I mean, for sure the next this year, next year for sure. And if I can keep if I can keep hitting on some of those later round picks, it'll buy me some more time to uh, fill up that cabinet with early round picks again, because I've been trying to get those fours, or the fourths, the seconds, just to kind of round it out again, get a little more fluid in my assets versus having guys like Aaron Jones on my team where I can just get rid of them and say 204 rolls around and there's a guy on the board. But the big thing for me when the last couple of years and Damian Pierce and Monra were the two big ones was in those mid-seconds into the thirds, Is opportunity over talent? Find a guy who's gonna get the rock, because there's not a lot around him, and hope for the best. Because what's the point drafting a guy with talent if he's got two guys ahead of him on the death chart? Like, just get guys who are gonna score your points. Figure the rest out later.
2: Looking at Pat, I mean, this past draft, even like you didn't have a ton of capital, but I feel like a lot of guys, sort of, you know, or uh, Damian Pierce at 23, obviously, was a huge one. Trayvon Walker, you were able to use in a deal to go get Brian Burns to help you down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Harris, I think, started some games through as well. He was a late fourth. And then, you know, there's Malik Willis, who is what he is. But it um, seems like you've kind of shifted the narrative. You know, I mean, you kind of turn into a solid drafter, it seems like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that's really just what it is, is just finding guys who are going to be on the field. Like Christian Harris, great example. Texans suck. Christian Harris plays, he's going to be on the field a lot. Teams are going to be up on the Texans. He's going to be getting tackles. I don't care if they're 10 yards downfield when he does it, still a point. You can you can knock his talent all you want, but he's going to be on the field for the Texans because they're trash.
0: So, think less just <laughs> draft, man. Just right. why, why are you worried about talent? Stop evaluating.
1: No, well, no remember- no, hear me out. Like if you obviously your your early round picks talent because those guys are going to be so good but when you get down to the end it, look look at some of these names like J- Jalen Tolbert there was what three or four guys ahead of him on the Cowboys depth chart last year dumb pick John Mechie. did wow i can't mean, yeah, cancer but like <laughs>
2: Oh, geez. Right, he was the cancer, right? Oh, yeah. man. That's you're talking yeah. about For the him.
0: Texans wide receiver one mm-hmm. right now.
1: But, like, Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, they all had guys ahead of them. Like, Spiller had, he went to, I don't remember who the fuck drafted the Chargers. Caleb, you want to talk to,
0: you want to say something about Rashad White slander on the podcast?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one where you're looking forward more than in the moment. Give it no. to me now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that's another. Yeah, I mean, I was also thinking you mentioned where some people just don't really they just do it. Like, remember Mingo's amazing draft that one year? And that was like the year you watched the least amount of film. I, I mean, you what have I was doing after the first round Calvin, who's been a draft savant, who isn't like known for watching film or anything like maybe just sort of going into it with a clear mind and just like going with what you, you know it seems like it works
1: right like i just watch like i haven't watched a ton of draft yet because i just i didn't have a ton of picks now i have some more picks so i'll pay a little more attention to it but oh. yeah i just find guys i like watching like hey that guy looks like he's pretty fun oh he's got a cool situation get him on the pens
2: guys who don't look like they run with poop in their pants
1: hey big one right there you can't have
2: <laughs> a log in your pants
0: we we know that Papoose is, will not be an Eric Gray fan this year. That is the poopy pants runner of the year.
1: <laughs> I'll have to watch him after this so I can confirm. <laughs>
0: um, What else do I have for you? Well, I got to ask you about these two trades that you just made. We're talking about you know your window here. You're seeing it as at least two years, maybe more, depending on how this draft and the next draft go. But at the same time, you just you made a couple of deals here where you traded pieces that were parts of your run. Aaron Jones, short-lived tenure on the pens, he gets shipped off for a second and a third. and then you also trade Jeremy Chin, who once upon a time you may have thought was a foundational piece of this new look defense, but now he's gone as well. So what where did those trades come from?
1: So with Jer- Jeremy Chin, Colin asked me the day after the season ended and I was like, I'm not in the mood um, <laughs> Pretty sure. It's ex- it might've been exactly what I told him to, uh, but he was, I was looking, I'm like, okay, I have four starting DBs on my roster. Why not trade them for a couple of picks and maybe I hit on another, and I'm going to sound ridiculous, another I'm on type, just something like that, like. He's going to be on my bench or he's going to rotate in and out of my starting lineup. So why not just try to hit on somebody, somebody different? Uh, with Aaron Jones, it was just, like I said, I didn't really, really didn't want him on my team. He's a little bit of an older back. I just got him in case, like an insurance policy. So, and I had the opportunity to trade him. I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's get a, a little bit of an earlier second. And maybe somebody falls over the first round that I really enjoy a lot more than Aaron Jones.
0: Maybe a uh, certain Pittsburgh running back that you were talking about yesterday. Maybe.
1: I'm, I'm not going to say his
0: name because I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last, time, last time when you said uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you that almost <laughs> put you on a permanent ban from the podcast.
1: So I Is respect it, that. I'm going to try it. Is it a, a Bonaconda? Yeah, wow.
0: it's not bad. That's That's not solid. bad. Not bad.
1: If he's on my team, I definitely will not use the nickname of Bonaconda forever. <laughs> we're just gonna leave that <laughs> off the table
0: <laughs> well that is 100 your rationale for drafting him at 204 is might to be. put that nickname on him
1: it might be i'll talk myself <laughs> into it
0: <laughs> all right so let me ask you something then webex is behind you you're learning how to cope with that you go into 2023 how do you win your first web championship, what is separating you right now from that happening?
1: Luck. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I am a believer. Just, just keep moving in the right direction. Don't make a negative deal. Do the diligence or have your due diligence, do the research, get the right guys in the draft and things will fall into place. And at that point, you just got to leave it up to lady luck. Because at the end of the day, you put all the pieces into play and sometimes shit just goes sideways. And it is what it is, what it is. I mean, you can, obviously, we can talk about that Bobby Wagner play. That, that hurts. But for the most part, it boils down to luck. You just got to put the right things into place.
0: Smart man once said, Takes skill to get into the playoffs. Takes luck <laughs> to win a web championship.
1: Might be the smartest thing he's ever said.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, give me your 2023 prediction for the insulin pens then.
1: Oh, I'm I'm uh, for sure. I'm going to be in the championship. Double digit wins. I'm getting that belt. I desperately want it. I'll be pack five champ again. And I just disrespected
0: the entire pack five all by right. skipping straight to, I'm going to the title game. He's not even <laughs> worried about you, Caleb at all. It's fine.
1: It's going to be
2: beautiful. Care. I'm not scared of him.
1: Tears are going to be shed. I was so ready for it last year. Like, man, no wonder I've gotten better at my job. Now that web's not a factor in my life at the moment, because <laughs> boy, oh boy, did that take up a lot of time while I was on the clock.
0: Oh, well, it's it's
1: okay. yeah.
2: Who do you think you're meeting in the championship game? Does fate finally happen in 2023, or who do you think is going to be the matchup?
1: Story storybook is still fate happening, and I, I get I finally get one over Dan in the <laughs> in the big one. I we, the Webex story would have been. <laughs> I mean, Caleb, I'm happy you got a belt, buddy, but that that storyline alone would have just been beautiful. for it it to
2: happen the web script writers threw a nice little curveball in there i didn't (laughs) mind that but maybe we'll see it come full circle in
1: 2023 be awesome
0: dan said it himself caleb saved the entire league (laughs) everybody (laughs) would have checked out again and been like we can't win against these teams until caleb saved their lives
1: man i would have been the most insufferable champion of all time (laughs) i know (laughs) <laughs> I would have made. I would have made somebody build a super team just to stop me.
0: I know. Well, in case anybody's wondering, uh, since I don't think we've done this in a while, the Tim Dan lifetime matchup is at two to twelve. So <laughs> it's
1: not good. It's the most one sided heated heated rivalry of all time. You do Somehow need a
2: championship kidding. over them to to make up for that.
0: That that it's, counts for at least ten wins. Yeah. So.
1: The impressive part about how hot that rival- rivalry stays, despite the fact that it is so one-sided.
2: Yeah, it's like Packers Bears for the past decade.
1: Well, don't th- yeah, for the past decade, yeah, it's just got to keep it running.
0: You know, Dan, Tim gets all the talk, but nobody's talking about the one in 17 record that Josh has against David Wilson, Batman
2: What? (laughs) caught a stray there. Might have to talk to him about (laughs) the behind the curtain.
1: Damn, Josh.
2: Poor Josh is just sitting at the computer crunching numbers. And the Tim, (laughs) then, oh, yeah, you 40
1: minutes into the podcast. (laughs) Sorry, Josh.
0: All right, Papoose, well, uh, this is your moment. I'm turning it over to you. You have the microphone to say whatever you'd like to us, the league, and the world.
1: I don't have a ton to say on this subject. I've already said everything I want to say. I'm going to be a web champion. It's going to happen. However, whoever has an early round pick and Charbon Bay has a wonderful landing spot, I am going to do things to try and get that pick just those you early round first rounder guys be ready for me
0: charbon bay that there, you're killing it on the nicknames this year mm-hmm.
1: man Bro, i had the crush on him last year already i was so pissed when he didn't come out because i wanted him in that in those later picks and now i have to pay more to get him because he's a jackass <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true well papoose Thanks, as always, for joining the program. It was great to talk about the insulin pens and Webex and all of the fun stuff that happened to you last year. So Yeah, fun. uh, Excited to do it all again this year. Pumped. All right. Well, we will be back next week with our final web playoff team from the Webex season. That is Calvin and the milkers. So we'll see you then. And until that time, let's make it a great week.